0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Educational Podcasting Today, the podcast that helps you learn how to create a podcast in your classroom or home studio. Today, we're talking to a fantastic brand-new podcaster, somebody who I recently met at Podcast Movement 2018. We're going to talk all about... things that you need to do when you are starting your first podcast, things you wish you knew, things that you wish somebody had told you. And we're going to talk a lot about marketing and branding because my guest today is Dorothy Ilson, and she is a marketing and branding wizard. She does some amazing things in the world of marketing, and I can't wait to have her come on and share some of the great things that are going on with her. Before we get to that, I want to say thank you guys for listening today. We have a great setup, brand new, over on TeacherCast. You can, of course, go to to educationalpodcasting.today to find out all of our great resources on podcasting, WordPress web design, and we are up to now over 350 members of our brand new Facebook group that you can go over to teachercast.net and find out more information for. So check that out today. We would love to have you join the group. My guest today is a brand new podcaster, somebody who is fantastic and somebody who had a fantastic conversation with me at Podcast Movement. I want to say thank you for all the great stuff she inspired me to do. I want to bring on podcaster Dorothy Ilson. Dorothy, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Jeff, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It is so nice to have you here on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Absolutely. So like you said, I'm a new podcaster. Uh, my, main, uh, my main business, if you will, is Facebook advertising. So um, long, long story short, I planned to be an accountant and then decided that that didn't sound like much fun. So um, I ended up quitting my big four accounting job that I had accepted two weeks after I graduated from school, went to work for a startup instead, was was there for about three and a half years um, before deciding to strike out on my own. So I launched a Facebook advertising agency, and um, here we are a year and a half later. I managed to grow that business to six figures um, in my first year, and then uh, this uh, this past, I guess early July, I finally launched my podcast that um, probably took me way too long to launch, but it's really been a passion project and I've been having a lot of fun with it.
0: And congratulations for that. I'd like to deep dive into that process. And you said finally. So I'm sure that there's a story behind that. (laughs) Of course, you can find out more information about Dorothy over at Needles. IMedia.com. she's got a fantastic website if you're looking to find out more stuff about what facebook is facebook ads and all that great stuff we're going to get to that in the conversation here but first i want to talk to you about your podcast you just said finally launched what does all that mean <laughs> tell us the quick and dirty story of how you got the idea to start a podcast and and, and
1: why is it finally launched Yeah, because it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, honestly, before even starting my Facebook business. And so it was one of those things where it was just kind of sitting there in the back of my mind. And in mid-January of 2018, I had the realization of, gosh, if I had just started the podcast when I first had the idea, I'd have... (laughs) 50 episodes by now. And so I uh, had the the inspiration, the idea for my show kind of uh, came to me in a flash and I got really excited about it and started working on it. And I originally thought that I would launch in, uh, you know, March, <laughs> April at worst. And of course, most things take longer than we expect. Um, but now that my show is out and we're rolling, I'm definitely excited and uh, glad that I made it happen, even if it took a little longer than I thought.
0: Now, all of the links to the great stuff that Dorothy's doing is over on our show notes page. This is Educational Podcasting Today, episode number 25. Dorothy, you just gave a a huge story that many of our listeners have had. I want to start this thing. I'm kind of starting this thing. I'm trying to start this thing. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll just keep going, right? What was the one thing or several things that kind of held you back from just launching?
1: Yeah, so definitely there was a fear element to it. So I think everyone, especially with starting a podcast struggles with this. Um, when I started my Facebook business, it was a huge risk and scary in its own way, but it was kind of a private thing. You know, like if I fell flat on my face and it failed, I could tell people about it or I could tell no one about it and, uh, no one would know. But with the podcast, it's a very public thing. So I was dealing with all of these emotions around, you know, what would people think? Would they think the show's dumb? Would they think I'm dumb? And I'm normally a very confident person. And so it actually shook me a little bit um, dealing with these, this kind of self doubt. And I think that that is definitely something that not consciously, but subconsciously made me move a bit slower. We'll
0: talk a little bit about the format of your show. Do you do interviews? Is it just you talking about Facebook ads? What can we expect yeah. when we listen to your show?
1: so the show is called do well and do good and its goal is to tell the stories of people who have not only created great financial success and professional success but who more importantly have chosen to leverage that to increase their positive impact on the world so you know people who champion a cause who do a lot to give back um, and who really are making the world a better place and so it is an interview based show um, although when I met you at podcast movement you 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 really helped me to flip my thinking on that from, from interviews to really conversations, which um, was simple, but very profound. Um, So yeah, I have uh, people on the show who share, you know, not only what they did to uh, kind of master their mindset around money and create success for themselves personally, but then also now what they are doing to turn around and give back and help others.
0: Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. I, I do want to kind of go back to that conversation. We we, we met at Podcast Movement. And, and before we kind of get into how your podcast movement was, we were in a bowling alley. And I don't even know how it would happen. We just kind of ran into each other. But we started to talk about the idea of interview versus conversation. And and even the other day, I had somebody come up to me, and they're like, I, 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 I want to make sure that I'm prepared for this. What are all the things that I have to do? And I said to my, my guest at that time, You know, it's a conversation. Just relax, have a good time. Um, have Have you tried a method like that with your show? Do you tell your guests that, you know, these are the exact questions? Do you just say, we're gonna wing it and let's have a good time? What is your approach to working with a guest?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I want the guests to feel comfortable that they have an idea of the direction I intend to steer the conversation. So I give them um, what's called my show rundown. And so basically it has a more or less example questions of the types of things that um, we might talk about around their, their money mindset, um, you know, the things that they do to give back, uh, et cetera. And so I send them that, but I do make sure to make it clear that, you know, this is not a list of the exact questions I'm going to ask. It is more just to give you a feel of how I intend to steer the conversation. And then the questions that I ask are specific to the guest. Now I am a new podcaster, and so I do you know want to be over prepared rather than under prepared while I'm still kind of figuring this out. And so um, what I have been doing is uh, really taking time to research the guest and then write down. a a big list of things that, you know, I would like to ask them about that I think would be interesting to bring up on the show. And then I have that in front of me when I'm doing the interviews, but I really let the conversation go, uh, you know, where it does naturally. And so it's more that that document is more there for me in case I have a situation where, you know, we come to, uh, a a point where the conversation kind of stops and I need somewhere else to take it. What's the
0: best advice you've ever been given about your show?
1: Mm, the best advice I've been given for my show, I think I would have to say that it's to, to be grateful for. Even a single listener, and to not focus so much. I think there's there's such a a tendency to get caught up in your download numbers and um, you know these these metrics that of course we all care about. But at the end of the day, a small audience that is engaged and really cares about you know what you're doing and the content you're putting out and is getting value from it. You know, you'd rather have. 10 people that listen to your show and love it and, you know, share it with the world and can't stop talking about it than to have, you know, 200 people who hit subscribe because you begged them to, and now you're getting downloads, but no one's actually hearing you. So, you know, the, the focus needs to be on creating valuable content. And if you're doing that, then the subscribers, the downloads that will come. But if that's all you're focused on in the beginning, then it's gonna be much more of an uphill battle and you might sacrifice great content in the process. All
0: right, so I'm, I'm writing this down because this is good advice. Don't send your subscribe list links to your family reunion list. I, I got that now, okay. <laughs>
1: To be fair, I, I did. <laughs> to be fair, I did. Of course, like I put together a launch team um, when I got started, and that was really more about you know gaming the the algorithm and trying to um, get some early traction with the show, get reviews. So definitely, you know, share it with your family and friends. You know, encourage people to listen, but don't get hung up on um, you know your numbers right out of the gate.
0: Now, what is the best advice that you could give somebody? else um you know many of our listeners are educators who are just getting started still kind of new to the world maybe they've have a couple shows in um a lot of people ask about you know what kind of equipment do i need what kind of setup do i need what 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 advice do you have for somebody who's looking just to get in and maybe making that first purchase figuring out those first couple apps to buy things like that
1: so first of all you don't need to like, for example, you don't need to spend a ton of money on a fancy mic or a mixer or any of that stuff. Like I have the, um, ATR 1200, which I didn't realize was like the the beginner podcasting mic of choice until I went to podcast movement. But, um, it is a very common one and is absolutely going to do the job for you. I think it was like 60 bucks on Amazon. Um, I personally, I hired a coach to help me through the process. Um, I... It could be because I have a slight addiction to coaching, <laughs> so um, I do like to cut the learning curve where I can. So having a coach was helpful in that regard. But um, there are so many different communities that you can join to, you know, get help, get advice on some of this stuff. Um, Podcaster's Paradise is one that I'm a part of. So that's run by uh, John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and he actually has a free podcasting course that can take you through a lot of that um, setup stuff. And he actually just launched a podcast journal to take you from like concept to launch in 50 days. So like, I would find something like that, whether it's, you know, that or something else, but basically like you need, you need a guide. You need something that's going to take you through the process step-by-step so that you don't get overwhelmed because, you know, it, it can feel like a huge mountain to climb when you're trying to figure all this stuff out on your own. But so many, you know, Hundreds of thousands of people have done this before. So do what you can to figure out what has worked for other people and how you can model that instead of kind of rebuilding the wheel. I I, I love that advice of
0: don't try to rebuild
1: the wheel. There's so
0: many other people out there that you can certainly reach out to. Of course, you can reach out to us here over on Educational Podcasting today and and join our Facebook group over at EducationalPodcasting.tips. We've got a lot of great things going on there. I got to know. What did you think of this year's podcast movement? It was my first. I thought it was fantastic. How did you experience it?
1: It was my first as well. Um, I had an amazing time. So um, for me, I really try to, when I go to a conference, focus less on you know, just making sure I'm in every session that I can be and focus more on building relationships. Almost every conference that you go to is going to have some sort of virtual pass where you can purchase um, recordings of all of the sessions. So you can still get that content that is absolutely important. But when you're at a conference, networking is really what it's all about. And this is not, you know, I am a, an introvert to the core. And so this isn't something that comes easily to me. It's something that I really need to work at, but the relationships that you can build in an event like that are really where the magic happens. And I mean, it just goes to show here we are recording this podcast interview because of a conversation we had, you know, at a, at a bowling alley. So, um, focus on the relationships when you're at conferences. And so I did that at podcast movement this year, and I think it was, uh, very successful.
0: So we had podcast movement in Philadelphia. Did you happen to uh, dine on any of the Philadelphia delicacies? Did you get a cheesesteak? Did you get a pretzel? What, 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 what about the city? did you like? I, 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 I'm a Philly boy here. I got to ask these questions.
1: Oh my goodness. So I am embarrassed to tell you that I didn't have a cheesesteak or a pretzel. Oh. Um, I know, I know it's really disappointing. Um, but uh, I did have wonderful food there. I went so I went to this. Uh, restaurant, I think it was on 13th street or something. It was called Charlie is a sinner. It's actually a vegan restaurant and it was unreal out of this world. Good. And I'm not vegan. Um, Either, but I absolutely loved it. Um, went to the the market, which was really cool. Uh, and but I would say my favorite thing about Philly, I mean, I'd never been there before, and so just seeing um, you know the uh, the Liberty Bell and Independence Hall and all that stuff. Um, I'm kind of a uh, I love you know, history and, uh, love architecture. So literally just walking past city hall every day from the Airbnb to the hotel. That was honestly, my favorite part was just staring at that building for five minutes every day.
0: (laughs) It's a beautiful city. It's, It's a city I've lived in all my life and it was just really great getting a chance to see other people experiencing it for the first time, especially, and I, and I made sure to say this quite a bit when you're at the Reading terminal market. Have the ice cream, guys. It's an amazing, amazing experience to have all this <clears> stuff. But we're not here to talk about the food. We're here to talk about you and your podcast. Dorothy, one of the things that you do best, better than anybody I've ever run into, is marketing and branding. Now you said that you're a Facebook expert. What does that actually mean? What do you do with people on Facebook?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I work with businesses to generate quality traffic from Facebook and convert that traffic into customers. So, uh, my clients, uh, are pretty all over the place. Everything from car dealerships to Amazon sellers, to, um, people who, you know, sell information products and run, you know, a webinar type model. So, um, the great thing about that is that I've gotten experience in a lot of different areas, so I'm pretty well-rounded when it comes to Facebook advertising, um, which I think my clients definitely see the benefit of, Um, but Facebook is really a, a... a lot of people just see it as a creative game. And it is in some sense, but it's really more a data and analytics game. And um, I am very data minded. I'm a huge, you know Excel nerd. And so that is what really, um I think, set me apart from other media buyers is that I really focus on the data and focus on, you know, what the numbers are telling me to do rather than, you know, making emotional decisions, which can lead to disaster pretty quick when you're working with big advertising budgets.
0: So the question here is, should podcasters be thinking about Facebook ads with their promotions? I mean, you know, again, when we're looking at the teaching world, we're not putting in thousands of dollars in Facebook ads. We're looking at, hey, I want to again, I want to have more than just my mom watch my podcast. Is this something that, that podcasters can get into for relatively inexpensive amounts of money? How do you jump in?
1: Yeah. Uh, frankly, I would not recommend paid Facebook advertising to you know, most podcasters. I'm not doing paid Facebook ads for my own podcast, if that gives you an idea. Um, to me, there, I would never run paid traffic at something that wasn't, um, set up to monetize and liquidate that ad spend. And so, you know, I would say that there are definitely things that you should be doing organically on Facebook to grow your podcast, but paid ads is, is not one most likely. And, you know, in order to do it effectively, you would probably need to you Hire someone like me to help you, which I just don't think makes sense um, for the typical podcast.
0: So when do we start to look at Facebook ads? Is it when we're trying to sell an online course, when we're trying to boost our brand awareness? When do we start to think about this as a podcaster or even as a, as a business owner?
1: When you have something to sell. You know, I mean, there are so many things that you can do to grow your audience organically. You know, if your goal is to get people listening to your podcast, then, you know, of course we can talk about different things you can do there. But, you know, I wouldn't really think about paid Facebook ads um, until you have, you know, built up products or services around your podcast that you are now, you know, ready to market. And so um, once you get there, then the podcast will really turn into more of a lead generation tool and, um, you know, a front end brand awareness thing. Um, But, you know, for most people, it's going to be some time before they get there.
0: You know it's interesting I I I went to podcast movement and I walked into the world where people were as you just said using their podcast as the lead magnet to do other things and you know I've been doing this for 7 years I've never once looked at the podcast as a lead generation tool now that's my fault that's something I need to work on right like that's where I need your help and I know many teachers out there they're building podcasts to to share their knowledge to to help out others they're not thinking about this as Listen to my show as a way to, I don't know, collect your email address to put you in a funnel, right? Should we be thinking about that or should we just be having fun podcasting?
1: Look, I mean, if you're having fun podcasting, then I'm never going to tell someone that that's wrong in any way. It depends on what your goals are. But the way I see it is if you have a podcast, it's because you have a message that you want to share with the world. And if people think about what an incredible gift it is for someone to listen to your podcast, to take time out of their day, to hear what you have to say. If you have someone who you know, is, is doing that week after week, you know, listening to your show, you know, engaging with you, then there's a good chance that they want something that you have. They want knowledge that you have, um, you know, they're interested in, you know, doing the things that you've done. And so, you it's almost, it's your responsibility, honestly, to provide to your audience, mm-hmm. everything that they are looking for to help them achieve the things that they want to achieve. And so, you know, whatever your podcast is about, you know, there are assuredly, you know, products or services that you can create that are going to be of value to your audience. And a lot of people who aren't, you're kind of in this world of marketing, like it can feel kind of almost a little dirty, like a little scummy, like, Oh, I don't want to be trying to sell people on things. But if the reality is that you have something of value, you know, knowledge of value that you can share with people, it's your responsibility to share that. And it's your responsibility to ask for money in exchange. People don't value what they get for free and that is so important i will say it again people don't value what they get for free and so if you you know have say a topic that you know you are looking to teach people sure you can put out you know free ebooks free courses and and just give all that information for free when you create a free course there is something that happens when when people get something for free. So, you know, say you, you know, promote on your podcast that so you have this free course on XYZ and you know, you have people go, they opt into it. What's likely going to happen is that they will get excited, they might, you know, watch the first video, consume the first lesson or whatever, but then they're probably not going to complete it. The reality is people don't value what they get for free. And so when someone invests in something, even if it's a low dollar amount, I mean, it doesn't need to be a thousand dollar course, you know, even if it's, you know, a hundred dollars or whatever it is, when someone invests something, they take it seriously. And so it is your duty to, you know, give people that and, and make sure that they're actually going to use the information that you're teaching to transform their lives, to increase their skills, you know, whatever it is that you're, that you're teaching them. And so, yes, you should have, you know, free eBooks, lead magnets that are actually valuable. You know, you never want the stuff you give away for free on the front end to be, you know, low quality or low value. That stuff should be valuable, but you should also be putting content behind a paywall because if you really want people to, you know, actually implement what you're teaching them, they need to invest in it or they're never, it's never going to happen. Then.
0: that is such good advice for anybody who's out there starting up trying to get into the world of, of branding and into the world of marketing into the world of podcasting dorothy where can we find out more information about you and how do we get a hold of your podcast
1: Absolutely. So, uh, like you said, you can find my Facebook agency at NeedlesEyeMedia.com and my podcast at DoWellAndDoGood.co. So that is on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you want to find me, uh, I encourage you to connect with me on Facebook, Dorothy Ilson. Um, I have – you can feel free to send me a friend request. I also have a business page where I – uh, create some content for you that uh, hopefully you will enjoy, and I would love to hear from you.
0: Now, before we let you go here, I want to talk about one topic that we we did talk about there at that bowling alley, and I think this is important for everybody out there who's getting into podcasting or might have been podcasting for the last couple years. You recently launched. You're still recording episodes. I'm assuming, right? Yes. How do you see your show? Well, let me let me back up for a second. How has your show evolved since the first episode and how do you see your show evolving over the next weeks to months, maybe after podcast movement? But really, how do you see your show evolving since day one and how do you see it going over the next couple months here?
1: Yeah, so I think if you go back and listen to my first Episode or two, what you'll find is that it almost sounds a little bit robotic. I mean, they say if if you're not uh, if you're not embarrassed by your you know first episode, your first book, your first website, your first anything that you uh, didn't launch fast enough, and I think that that's definitely true. If you wait to get something perfect, uh, it'll never happen. And so I think the way my show has evolved, even just um, you know over the first ten episodes or so, has really been that. I get a lot more comfortable behind the mic, and the the interviews get a lot more conversational in nature. You know, it doesn't feel like this Q and A; it feels more like what we're doing right now, like a conversation. And so, um, in terms of how I see the show evolving. Um, you know, that is really to be determined. You know, one thing that I'm doing, which I highly recommend for any new podcasters is setting up a way for your listeners to talk to you. So, uh, I have a free Facebook community for listeners of my show. Uh, that's a do well and do backslash Facebook. And in that group, I actually have a link to my calendar where people can set up a time to talk one-on-one, you know, about their goals, their ambitions, but more importantly, um, it's where I have an opportunity to ask them, you know, how did you find my podcast. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? You know, what would you like to see in terms of content and getting that feedback is going to be what allows me to create what people actually want to hear. And so I think that's so important. And if you can create that relationship with the listeners of your show, yes, you know, it's true that that isn't scalable, but you need to do things that aren't scalable in order to get that traction and create a relationship with your audience. So it kind of goes back to what I said about appreciating every listener. So, you know, do things that don't scale, have those conversations and you're going to get invaluable feedback on what your audience wants.
0: This has been a great show. Dorothy, you are welcome back on any time to talk about this stuff. There's so many different questions that I want to take, and I think we're going to leave those for episode two. Dorothy, one more time, where do we find you and how do we get a hold of you?
1: You can find me at uh, Dorothy Ilson on Facebook. You can find the show at do and and on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, do well and do good.
0: And thank you guys out there for taking a moment to check out Educational Podcasting today. We want to learn more about you. Please invite yourself onto the show. We would love to feature you, your classrooms, your podcasts, all the great things that you do on the TeacherCast Educational Network. There's, of course, several great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this and all of our shows. You can find us on Twitter at Podcasting Today, or of course, you can reach out on TeacherCast.net slash voicemail and let us know how you're doing over the summertime here. On behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.